as long as you're scrolling through your phone, checking out your friend's latest Instagram post, take a moment to download the Radio Parami app. Take the app with you wherever you are and whatever you're doing. Stay updated with top and bottom of the hour news and the latest weather forecast. Plus, you can listen live to local talk shows, nationally syndicated programs, and listen to previous interviews you might have missed, all in crystal clear digital audio. It's called the Radio Potomy app. Find it in your Google Play or Apple App Store from your friends at News Talk 710 KURV. Morning news on 710 KURV. Top newsmakers. Here's Sergio Sanchez. This is the go-to station in the valley. We get a tropical storm threatening everybody. Keep it tuned to 710 AM radio. Go online for KURV Facebook, KURV Twitter, all those all those sites. Tropical coverage 2022 made possible by many supporters of this year, including Mike's Plumbing, Electrical, and AC. You might be encountering some extra school zones well slowing you down on the way to work this morning yeah schools back in session many school districts in south texas including our schools in edinburgh our superintendent for edinburgh cisd dr mario salinas joining us let's talk about security dr salinas because that's likely topic number one in the minds of many parents as the wet keels are going back to school so what can you tell us as far as any enhanced enhancements or Security training, what's taking place in Edinburgh? Uh, good morning, Sergio. Thank you for calling. Yes, sir. Uh, yes, uh, last year when we started school, it was Delta that was on the top of everybody's mind, parents, teachers, everybody. And, and this year, security. It, it's been uh, at the top of, of our mind and the parents' demand that, that we provide safe schools. And, and yes, we did training all summer. You know, we have a large police department force. We, we, tra- we trained uh uh, all summer long with our police and with our local partners, the DPS, uh, Edinburgh Police, uh, the Sheriff's Office, and multiple agencies, that, and they're all we're all in this together. So yes, and then we've uh, surveyed all all our schools to to look for weaknesses and and uh, making sure that our our doors are 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 working at perimeter doors. Uh, we have it, you know, we 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 fake things. You're right. Uh, priority number one for parents is. They want the children to be safe, and it's, it's a priority for us as well. And, and we worked all summer, and we're going to continue to work to strengthen and our, our safety measures. Uh, I'm sure every other school district is, is doing the same, Sergio. Dr. Mario Salinas, our superintendent for Edinburgh Schools, our guest. Dr. Salinas, Tim Sullivan here. Let me just ask you then, too, you know, with that in mind, what, what are your thoughts that security— Excuse me, sir? Let, let me ask you this, this question. What, what are your thoughts that security— now has to be topic number one instead of education and, and classroom instruction. Yes, uh, that's, that's, that's true, uh, uh, Tim. Last year, for the last two years, it's, it's COVID, and we were doing that and trying to keep our, our students safe from that. And now this year, priority number one for our community is is uh, safety and security. The parents want their children safe. And uh, we anticipate... Uh, we weren't sure in the summer what kind of response we were going to get from from our community as far as sending their children to our public schools because of what happened the tragedy that happened in uvalde but it appears that the parents are ready to send their children to school and 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 we uh, we we uh, have made uh, safety a priority number one 
followed by by trying to uh, close the learning gaps that are, that happened uh, as a result of COVID. Mm-hmm. But um, and we're out there, and 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 our city police and our DPS partners are out there as well. They they realize that the not only here, the whole state of Texas, uh, probably the United States, has has uh, as a result of Uvalde has refocused a tremendous emphasis on on security, and we're spending resources on that. Everybody, I'd imagine, every school district is. Refresh my memory, how long has the Edinburgh CISD had its own police force? We went back to, we, we've had our own police force sir, since Sandy Hook, to attend to that tragedy at Sandy Hook. The, right. the board back then opted to, to provide police presence on all campuses, and, and we're getting, Edinburgh, we're getting, Sergio, over a thousand students from out of district, uh, mostly at the elementary, that are coming to our schools, and I suspect it's because they, we're the only school district in, in, in the Rio Grande Valley that has a police on all campuses, including the the elementary. I, and I've handled uh, out-of-district transfer requests uh, in my in my role, my previous role as an assistant, and I've never seen it like this. Uh, we've got tremendous uh, interest from, from our surrounding uh, towns that um, hmm. parents want to send their children to our schools. And I, I, I suspect it's because, they, because of the police on, on campus, every campus. Yeah. Governor Abbott, uh, after the Uvalde shooting, Governor Abbott uh, ordered um, a TEA task force to be formed and to inspect every single school district in the in the state of Texas. Inspect for, you know, making sure uh, the door locks work and, and all various uh, security scenarios. Um, has the Edinburgh CISD gotten a visit yet from this task force? They have not, but they are coming because yeah. they 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 sent us a, a an official letter from TA, and on the some of the some of the things as you mentioned some of the things that they're looking for and uh, and they're coming uh, I'd imagine sometime in September October okay. it's a large state but they are coming and they did send us a list of, of things that they're going to be looking for uh, doors faulty <laughs> uh, 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 doors uh, trainings uh, protocols. A long list of, of items that they want us to address, and we've been working on them all summer. They give us a heads up, and and, and we we that the we way ahead, as Kim, because uh, we started strengthening our schools in Sandy Hook with uh, electronic doors, electronic gates, the perimeter fencing, the police press. We're ahead, but we're not where we need to be, uh, and we need to be ready for TA because they're the, the are they coming? They are. They told us they're coming. Dr. Mario Salinas, our superintendent for Edinburgh Schools, on the start of another academic year. All campuses at Edinburgh, Dr. Salinas, are they single entry and are all of them gated now? They're all gated. Uh, they all, they all uh, at the high school, they have to go through a police get, uh, 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 hut where police uh, allow you into the, into the facility. All the schools are gated, 100% of them. The elementary schools, most of them have electronic gates. To get in, you have to, to get in after after eight o'clock. You have to call to the office so that the gates can 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 open, and then you can go in there. And then to get into the school, you need to buzz so that the doors, uh, the electronic doors. And uh, yes, we have perimeter fencing and, and electronic doors. And and right now we're in the process of installing more cameras at the All elementary. Right. All right. Enrollment, uh, this is a subject we brought up quite a bit because of the right. COVID blooms and, and all that. Uh, is enrollment at the end of last year and going into this year, did it finally get to pre-pandemic numbers at Edinburgh? We got, clo- we, we, we got close to pre-pandemic numbers, Sergio. We, 
uh, we we increased enrollment by a thousand from the from the COVID year, but we were short from pre-pandemic numbers, maybe 500 students. Okay. But I anticipate that this year we we're going to catch up with that. I, I see it. There's a lot of interest. It appears that the community is is putting COVID behind them, and they're they're sending their children to to our to, to all schools. I know Edinburgh. I I, uh, I anticipate our enrollment is going to grow. I, I feel it. I see it. Uh, the the COVID, I don't believe it is scaring parents as 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 much as it was. Okay. The last couple All of right. Years. Uh, give you a chance to highlight that new high school, that new program that is a partnership yes. with the university. That starts like right now, right at the beginning of the school year. That that starts okay. that starts today. Uh, Sergio, I'm, I'm, as soon as I'm done here with you, and, and I'm going to take care take care of some things here in the office. I'm headed over there because I know it. It's a new it's a new system. It's a new school. I'm sure it's a, a little bit of chaos out there. So. We start this year. We have about 300 students there. We have we're fully staffed. Uh, we're excited. We, it's, it's a new venture. We think it's going to be a tremendous partnership for us, for for Edinburgh, for our community, for our school district, for our students and our parents. It's important to again recap what it is. This new high school that provides its path to UT RGV on on separate yeah. academic tracks. Real quick, explain uh, that program to us. And, and it's still open for more kids to apply, right? Yes, yes, we we we're still accepting applications. It's a it's a, it's a fifth high school, high school number five. We're going to start construction of the new facility in a couple of months. But in the meantime, we're in portable buildings. But in this school, every single student is going to go to college. It's a, unlike comprehensive high school, where some students some students go to to, to the they join the the armed forces, some go to community college, some go straight to the workforce, some go to Division One college. These students, 100% of them, uh, are going are intent on going to a Division One college, and we're going to be training our students in, in demand fields like like uh, engineering, health professions, and teaching. So, they graduate from this high school with at least 60 uh, credit hours toward a Bachelor of Science degree. Mm-hmm. So they go straight into their chosen profession upon graduation from this high school. And you mentioned it last year, Sergio. Most students drop out of college. When they go to college, most students drop out, by the way. And you mentioned it last year. They drop out when they're freshmen and sophomores. When they hit that wall, uh, uh, mom and dad are no longer there. The, the rigor. Uh, we feel uh, if these students are going to be taking those first two years with us, with college professors, when they're in 11th and 12th, and we can nurture them through, mm-hmm. you graduate from this high school, you're going to get a college degree. It, that's, that's almost a certainty. So we're excited. All right. Um, it's good for our, for our students. It's good for our community. You get any of those wakios to tell you, I'm going into radio. You tug at their ear and you put them into that new university focused high school, get them on a path to, to success. Yes. <laughs> Thank you, Dr. Salinas. Division One College. Uh, boy. That's uh, our superintendent for Edinburgh Schools, Dr. Mario Salinas. First day of class for Edinburgh and for many districts in South Texas. You're always on the go. Obviously pretty busy. Busy with work. Picking up my kids from school. From work to kids to running errands. Your entire day is a hands-on, never-ending frenzy of activity. Luckily, getting the news is now voice activated. Just say, Alexa, play 710-KURB. I'd like to know what's going on in my world. I gotta know what's going on in my city. Putting the smart in your smart speaker. I'm getting my news from you and my information. For the latest news and to find out what's happening in rich, clear audio. Just say, Alexa, play 710 KURB.
You're listening to the best of the Valley's morning news. Here's Sergio. Download the free app for 710KURV and all our sister stations at Radio United. Crisp, clear audio and access to previous programs from 710KURV only at Radio Parami. Download it. It's free. First day of school for many schools, including our family in Harlingen, Dr. Alicia Noyola, our superintendent for Harlingen Schools. And Dr. Noyola, welcome back. I, I, I suspect that one of the top issues on the minds of many, many parents would be security issues. So I guess let's let's touch on that first. Any improvements you want folks to know about as we start the school year for Harlingen? Oh, gosh. Uh, yeah, actually, we, we've... Uh... You know, safety is one of those areas that we're continuously focusing on and continuing to look to see how we how we include our, our or how we improve our best practices. And so uh, this year, we actually am excited about a partnership that we have uh, developed with a number of our law enforcement agencies. This year, we've added, aside from HPD, we've added our uh, constables and sheriff department as well as as well as City of Combs and City of Primera, who are going to be providing uh, additional uh, law enforcement services to, our, to our, all our schools. In fact, today we have oh, maybe close to 20 of those officers that will be working alongside us um, mm-hmm. in protecting our kids. And so excited at that partnership. Uh, one of the things that we've certainly learned is the importance of collaboration and coordination amongst agencies that would respond to any particular situation and so to now have all of those local agencies as part of our school district uh, is an amazing opportunity to continue to improve our safety practices Um, Uh, plus we've also added uh, 24-7 well I shouldn't say 24-7 but certainly school day uh, monitoring of all our external cameras so we now have people whose responsibility it will be to to monitor the 360 of every campus across our district uh, through video surveillance. So just excited a number of the things that we're bringing forward and how we continue to enhance the safety for our children. All right. First day of school for our Harlingen family, Dr. Alicia Noyola, our superintendent joining us on the morning news. Yeah, Superintendent Noyola, Tim Sullivan here. So what is the, f- the future of the Harlingen School uh, Police situation? Will there be a new Harlingen ISD police force? that uh, will be in place or will city police officers continue to uh, make officers available? How is that going to work out, do you think? Well, you know, we're, we, uh, we were informed recently that, that HP, the Harlingen PD would, uh, would no longer be available to provide that day-to-day on-site uh, support. But we continue to have a great partnership with Harlingen, and so uh, they will no doubt continue to be a, a big part of the safety programming in, in our school district. But as you know, that that uh, that will be sometime in 2024. In the meantime, we're studying what uh, what will be the best method by which we continue to provide uh, police protection on our campuses. And so, fortunately, uh, HPD has given us about a two-year window to do that. And so, we want to make sure that we make the very best decision, the best programming uh, for for our school system. And so that's, that's something we'll continue to study. But right now we're fortunate that we uh, not only have the support of HPD, but so many law enforcement agencies um, available to us. So uh, no doubt 
that police protection will continue, what it will look like. Uh, that's part of what we're studying and researching. Has the Harlingen ISD received a visit yet from, I guess it would be a, a TEA task force that Governor Abbott ordered uh, following the Uvalde school shooting? Has that task force yeah. um, visited the Harlingen School District as far as inspecting you know, various uh, security measures in place or not in place? Yeah. You know, uh, no, they haven't, and um, I'll, I'll be honest, I'm interested in what that's going to look like. There's more than a 1,000 school districts in the state of Texas, and so uh, how that will look and, and when that will happen, uh, that's an all-task, and so um, we haven't heard quite yet what that's going to look like and at what point of the year that will happen uh, because there are so many districts. So uh, we haven't, but in the meantime, we're ensuring that we are are uh, are in one compliance, but also looking at how do we actively uh, ensure all all the safety for our students. And we continue to audit all of our practices and so forth. So if and when that visit happens, we, we certainly will be ready. Which means internally making sure all principals and staff, you check the doors, check the training, staff meetings, all those things related to safety as we start up. I'm sure yeah. you have those, those Agreed. thoughts. Agreed. Yeah. But all of those, just they're just best practices that yeah. we continue to do. <laughs> all right. uh, a lot of renewed training. Just, you know, I think the, the thing that everybody uh, battles is um, ensuring that we don't fall into senses of complacency. And so that just means that it's a continuous training uh, continuous monitoring and, and uh, inspecting. Dr. Alicia Noyola, our superintendent for Harlingen Schools, as we start up an, another year for Harlingen, some of the new academic programs, partnerships uh, you want to emphasize. What do you see, Dr. Noyola? Actually, I'm super excited. I'm getting ready to head out to to work and go visit some of our campuses. I'm uh, excited at going to see our uh, newest campus. That's our Early Childhood Academy uh, in Harlingen. We have a strong focus on ensuring that our children begin strong. And so this year we have a uh, school for four-year-olds. And so uh, it actually it will be a four- and five-year-old, but this year it'll start out as a four-year-old campus, four-year-old campus, uh, really focusing on the needs of our youngest learners. And so can't wait to see those little faces. <laughs> Hopefully not too much crying and more do they get a nap midday or do they only go half day how does that work for the four-year-olds no they, they go full day and so yes they absolutely need that nap so, uh, <laughs> I, I yeah. like that yeah i think we should have kept that and going into the rest of school oh, and into the work day sure could, yeah um for uh, later in the year um Anything you want parents to know as far as uh, state testing, uh, computer, not computer, anything anything new this year that will be applied to, to the academic calendar? You know, I, I think there's a lot of things that happened uh, through COVID that really have been beneficial and have enhanced what we do. And so certainly technology has been one of those, and that will continue to be uh, a resource that we'll use uh, as needed to, to increase uh the, the resources for, for instruction. Um, we do anticipate that there will be some changes coming on state testing, uh, but we're super excited at where we are. You know, we knew that we that our kids uh, would be behind, but 
do a lot of great work and effort by our staff. Uh, our students are almost back where we where we were back in 2019, and so that's super exciting. So right now, starting the school year, uh, I'm really looking towards all the great things that will happen uh, moving forward. Did the enrollment uh, numbers? Did the enrollment numbers? Um, did the enrollment numbers return to pre-pandemic numbers at the end of last year, or, or for right now? Uh, right now, I, I won't say that they're back to pre-pandemic, but based on the preliminary numbers that we have, we will be hopefully very close. Um, a lot of our students that were homeschooling and and uh, we're looking at other options uh, during the pandemic are are. Short-term numbers right now are, are very promising. We're getting okay. very, very close to that. Thanks for your time, Dr. Noyola. Dr. Alicia Noyola, Harlingen ISD Superintendent. Your Houston Astros play here. And he drives this one up the middle. That's a base hit. Catch Astros baseball action all season long on News Talk 710-KURV. Deep to left field. Kiss it goodbye. Every hit. Every home run. First pitch and he drives it. Left field. Good one. It's out of here. Astros baseball is powered by F&T Valley Motorsports, Riverside Development Services, Taco Olay, MissionIncredible.com, and News Talk 710-KURV. You're listening to the best of the Valley's morning news. Here's Sergio. In the event there's a tropical system in the Gulf of Mexico turning this way, you want to keep it tuned to 710-KURV. Stay informed during hurricane season. Tropical coverage 2022 on air and online at KURV.com. Made possible by Mike's Plumbing, Electrical, and AC, Vega Roofing, McAfee Insurance, and Elephant Building Materials. One of our water managers for South Texas, Sonny Hinojosa, joining us again. We appreciate the updates, Sonny, and we've been emphasizing the the lower numbers at the watershed. I know we're just slightly over 21% at the most recent report, but I don't know if you've been watching radar, buddy, the past 24, 48 hours. Lots of rain, Laredo area, just west of there. Also, I'm getting some love. Have you had a chance to... Maybe talk with some friends, IBWC, anybody up there watching Inflows. How much do you think we might get at the watershed? you think a, a digit or two might be able to increase the, the watershed standing? Uh, good morning, Sergio. Uh, I'm not sure how much it'll impact. We, we know there'll be a, definitely a positive impact. Uh, too early to tell how much exactly. Uh, you know, you, you couldn't have scripted a, a better path for this storm to come through. It, it it impacted went right up the right up the river uh eagle pass uh you know we get 100 percent of the tributaries on the texas side so that's real important hopefully the pegas and the devils bring in quite a bit of water and then uh, of course this morning it's it's headed towards the big bend area northern mexico coahuila which is uh, you know we need to, we need water from from the mexican side as well uh there's there's three rivers that come in from the Mexican side, right below uh, Del Rio Eagle Pass area. So, you know, hopefully by this Friday, and if not by the next Friday's report, uh, we'll we'll have a real good picture of, of what this storm, you know, did for us. 
We're far uh, from declaring the, the end to any drought or any crisis at the watershed. Some municipalities, they, they kicked in at 25%, and that was a long time ago when we crossed the 25% mark. So it's going to take another whopper of a tropical system, big rainmaker, to help us get out of this thing. Yes, and, and you know, most importantly is, uh, you know, we from the last time we spoke, uh, we were anticipating we drop another percent in ownership, and, you know, we were at 21.94, and as of last Friday, which is the August 6th report, we were 21.12. Uh, and what this localized rain does, it, you know, it puts off irrigation for a week or two, hopefully, and then plus the inflows that are coming in. And it appears that, you know, we were on target to break our 1998 ownership record. And I'm not saying that can't happen still, but this is a a move in the right direction that, you know, hopefully 21.12 is the lowest we'll get and uh, and then start coming up from there. And as you mentioned earlier in your show, we've got that tropical system that's forecast, you know, to right now they've got it pointed right, right south of Brownsville. And if, if, um, if that comes into northern Mexico or south Texas, that'll be another big boost for us. Sonny and Jose is the GM over at the Hidalgo County Irrigation District Number 2. Yes, Sonny, Tim Sullivan here. 21.12, the latest water level, um, the report from the IBWC. From the, the several good hours of rain we had yesterday, again, right over Lake Amistad, and, and just from your experience, will you be able to estimate how much that might have raised uh, Lake Amistad at all? No, I wouldn't. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't have the rainfall totals. Um, and, and the inflows, I mean, that water will be coming in for several days, uh, hopefully. And uh, we know it's going to have a positive impact. We just don't know how much at this point. I know, you know, the, the, the Laredo flows were up uh, uh, like 4,500 4, CFS higher than than normal, uh, or uh, I should say, above uh, the releases from Amistad, and that was a that was an early report yesterday. Hmm. So yes, everything's going to be you know in a in a positive direction. Will it be again? This just based on your your experience and, and estimates might be too early to ask, but will do you think it'll be enough to allow for additional water deliveries for irrigation that have had to be delayed this summer? You know that's that's a good question because for the month of of July, uh, the watermaster is is letting us know that they're probably going to have to implement a negative allocation, which is that's never a, that's a first in yeah. the history of the watermaster program. So a, neg- a negative allocation takes water away from irrigation and mining accounts to be able to balance uh, their calculation. So uh, hopefully the inflows would be sufficient to get that water back into our accounts and maybe even some left over for a positive allocation. How, how, we just won't know until we get the final numbers. Yeah. How do you do a, a negative allocation? Because <laughs> you're, you're paying back nothing, yeah. basically. It's all in the books, man. It's all in the books. Yeah. 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 yeah here's your bucket and, of water. And it's, <laughs> it's interesting that you ask because since it's never been implemented, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we're reading the rules uh, from TCEQ, and, and, and the rules kind of state that it's done one way, uh, and yet right now TCEQ is, is uh, kind of interpreting it differently. But nonetheless, the bottom line is they take away water on a 
on a pro rata basis and TCQs saying it's going to be accomplished by your authorized water right, whereas the rules state that it would be taken away based on the amount of water in the accounts. Uh, like I said, bottom line is water is going to be taken away for the July period, and not until August period ends, which this month it, it ends in, on the 27th, and hopefully 15 days later we'll find out uh, what impact this storm had on our on our accounts. Maybe balancing yeah, this down storm and wow. and, um, and the one hopefully coming, or at least yeah. the the wave that, that yes. may be coming yeah. our way. Absolutely. Let, let's just ignore that one. Let's pretend we, we're not even going to acknowledge it. So that, that way we're not going to jinx that one. Sonny Hinojosa joining us from Irrigation Dis- District Number 2 for Hidalgo County. Did you hear about that dredging project in at Lake Falcon, uh, Sonny? What do you know about that? I read, a, yeah. I read about it this morning in the newspaper, and that's to assist uh, these water supply corporations, I think also the city of Zapata, uh, to be able to get water, because every time, or, or I guess every day that the that the reservoir levels drop, they're having to uh, add pipe, you know, further and further into the reservoir to get to the water. So I guess with this dredging operation, it'll it'll allow water to come into a a a hole or little reservoir pond, whatever they're excavating inside the reservoir. Okay, so it'd be so closer that's, that's to the reservoir. Uh, yeah, it'd be at the base. Pretty much at the base of the dam, right? To try to clear up all the, the gunk there? To no. Clear up the, ban- the dam? Not from what I understood. Okay. Uh, this is closer to the intakes of these uh, municipal water suppliers. Did they say how long that project would be? Because, man, that takes a long time to get that gunk <laughs> out of there. And then where well, do you put it? Well, <laughs> you know, I, I, would, I, I don't know much about it, but just from, from the complaints that I've heard in the past, uh, mainly from Zapata, you know that they had to keep adding pipe to their disc to their intakes to get to the water. So I think this dredging is going to allow whatever's water is left in the reservoir to get you know probably closer to their intake. All right, Sonny, thank you for the update. Yeah, Sonny Nojosa, GM for Hidalgo County Irrigation District Number Two. News Talk 710 KURV. When news breaks, we break in. Breaking news. Stay alert and listen to the weather forecast. We need to be aware and alert to what's going on. Breaking news means it's happening now. And we mean now. Breaking news underway right now. Breaking news. On News Talk 710 KURV means we're bringing you the news as it happens. We have a multiple In this particular instance, we are in receipt of information. When news breaks, we'll break in. Count on News Talk 710 KURV. You're listening to the best of the Valley's morning news. Here's Sergio. Download the free app for 710KURV and all our sister stations at Radio United. Crisp, clear audio and access to previous programs from 710KURV only at Radio Parami. Download it. It's free. Dr. Jesus Rodriguez is president of Texas Southmost College. Dr. J.R., thank you so much for giving us some time. I know a few days ago you had a conversation with some folks in industry in the Brownsville area trying to tailor what we're teaching, some of the curriculum, to what we need on the front lines of industries. Tell me a little bit about that conversation. Oh, it, it went well, very well, Sergio. I appreciate the call and good morning. And what we had, we introduced basically two new industry partners that are willing and able and wanting 
to work with Texas Southmost College, and they're here seeking to hire our graduates from the Workforce Training and Continuing Education Division. Are you providing new courses, um, uh, new type of curriculum? Of okay. You know, not not only have we uh, established 13 new workforce programs, I mean, we start from the Criminal Justice Institute to patient care technician, plumbing, welding, electrical, commercial roofing, drone hmm. pilot, forklift, uh, substitute teachers, distance learning, and what you touch on was what we call customized corporate training. So a company comes down and says, hey, I need an employee to do X, Y, and Z. We customize the training for them. So when they hire them, they hit the ground running and they're going to be more productive. And that's what we're doing with several of our companies. Dr. Jesus Rodriguez, president of our college, Texas Southmost College in Brownsville. So in the communique, you guys send out, you had these companies, Resource, MFG Manufacturing, Port Fabricators, AG&P, those companies specifically, what type of training are you giving their prospective employees? Well, we got Resource MFG, which was got acquired by, by the company Employee Bridge. They were used to be called select staff. Oh, I see. They call us up. They've got contracts with companies. You know, For example, they call us up and say, hey, we need some forklift drivers. We turned around, trained the forklift drivers, boom, they hired. Uh, when you talk about AGMP, which is the Atlantic Gulf and Pacific, their focus is with the regasification of the LNG. So that kind of leads into we're uh, addressing all the vertical workforce in that area. But right now, they're trying to focus on what we call it the craft trades, a lot of construction. So yeah. they address all the golf course, uh, golf coasts and they're trying to develop more of a sustainable workforce in the construction, which leads to what we're talking about, the plumbing, the welding, the electrical, the com- uh, commercial roofing, forklift, what we call the craft trades. The, which will be vital for our people, our folks, to tap into all the billions of dollars in construction money on the way. And it's on the way, people. We've been saying this for the longest time. We're right on top of it. Ed Campanano joining us from the port all the time. He thinks final investment decision from one of the one of these LNG suitors, it's going to happen before the end of the year. And we need all those, as you said, those scaffold construction people, people that know how to weld, forklift operators, all these folks that are going to have to take the, the hammers and the welding to create this LNG node here in South Texas. I know you're from H-Town. You're from Houston. You've seen the Port of Houston. You've seen the energy capital of the world work. My goodness, that is seems like such a daunting task to provide thousands of workers to, to meet the need of industry, just on the LNG front. Yes. I mean, it, it is daunting. What I can tell you, the Texas Southmost College Board of Trustees have been very supportive of the college. They've invested a little bit over, or approximately $24 million for complete state-of-the-art labs we got active learning classrooms and equipment and technology in order to provide this training. The good thing about it, we're providing the training. We can do 24-7, and that's what we do. We can provide training on the weekdays, on the weekends, in the evenings, you name it. We can provide the training. We do bring a collaborative effort, and we partner with whomever wants to partner with us. But we've got the labs. We've got the curriculum. We've got the instructors. We just got accredited by AWS, so we're the only uh, area that's accredited by American Welding Society. So okay. a lot of the students that we have, they can come in, get certified, get the credentials, and head back to work. And I would imagine some of these, some of these trades, if you study intensively over several months, you probably would be certified or licensed or maybe be allowed to, to go work side by side by somebody who's also a professional 
within a short amount of time, I suspect. Absolutely. We've got training that can be six months long, or we've got short-term training, which is basically two weeks. We've got, for example, the scaffolders. It's an 80-hour program, two weeks, 40 hours each week. Wow. They graduate. We're working with Brand Safeway. They come down and say, Dr. Rod, I need more scaffolders. I need more scorpions. They're starting between sixty dollars to $80,000 a year. Now, most Ooh. of the jobs are not here. They might go to the Houston, Corpus, or wherever. No, they have no, 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 you stay right here. The good thing about it, the good thing is their family stays here. The paycheck comes here. What they're doing is getting the experience. So when you talk yeah. about this boom, the LNGs, everything's come back, they can always relocate and find it because they've got the credentials, the certificate, and the work experience to come back home and land that job. Lord back knows home. we're going to need thousands of these workers that are specializing in all these different trades. Dr. Jesus Rodriguez, he's the president of Texas Southmost College, working with industry. Uh, Yes, we do have an economic boom on the horizon thanks to the arrival of LNG, and they're trying to lay the groundwork and training to get all these people ready to provide all those different trades that will be necessary to construct that LNG plant. Are there scholarships or grants available, Dr. Rod, so that somebody can take that two-month training or a six-month training and get that skill? i got to tell you, the Board of Trustees has reduced the tuition and fees at Texas Southmost College by 40% within the last year. So Texas Southmost College is the most affordable institution of higher education in the entire Rio Grande Valley. But with this craft trade, also the TSC Foundation just allocated a million dollars for this type of training. So the okay. training can be free to those listening out there are willing to come in and do their training. It will be free of charge to you. We've got a lot of scholarships that can support that. That there might be at, at workforce that might have some more for us here from Texas Workforce you know, down the road. Oh, yeah. Texas Workforce Commission is awesome. They're a great partner to Texas Southmost College. And again, we bring a collaborative spirit. You know, let's get it done. Let's yeah. come down. Let's partner. Because at the end of the day, it's about our community. It's yeah. about landing that J-O-B that's going to lead to a career for a sustainable, yes, uh, better life for you and your family. And well, that's you, what we're about. Well, you keep that uh, Julian's number from TWC on hotline. <laughs> as soon as we get final investment decisions, say, hey, Vato. It's coming. You better start lining up some workforce training, I think, because we're going to need thousands of people to build this stuff down here and and change the course of prosperity for the Rio Grande Valley. Anything else you want to mention, Dr. Rod? Anything else you want to mention? Yeah. No, we do have Julian on speed dial. He knows that. So <laughs> yes, sir. We, we tap him on the shoulder quite often. Yes, sir. Dr. Rodriguez. Uh, so again, well, registration started. We, we, we're first day of class is August 22nd. Okay. If you're interested in pursuing one of these certificates, programs, or come back and finish your basics or associate's degree, we're here to help you. you know, so we, as we say, let's get worked up. Let's get worked yes, up. Sir. Get registered for classes. Get a program. Uh, it's a new beginning. So let, let, let's get worked up and let's get started. Lord willing, we'll check in with you as far as registration numbers. Uh, as we get the semester up and running, also talk about new programs. That's Dr. Jesus Rodriguez. He is the president of Texas Southmost College. As long as you're scrolling through your phone, checking out your friend's latest Instagram post, take a moment to download the Radio Para Mi app. Take the app with you wherever you are and whatever you're doing. Stay updated with top and bottom of the hour news and the latest weather forecast. Plus, you can listen live to local talk shows, nationally syndicated programs, and listen to previous interviews you might have missed, all in crystal clear digital audio. It's called the Radio Potomy app. Find it in your Google Play or Apple App Store from your friends at News Talk 710 KURV. 
You're listening to the best of the Valley's morning news. Here's Sergio. Our Hidalgo County Health Office Director Eddie Olivares joining us again. I understand you've got one of those COVID testing sites up and running again. So tell me about it, Eddie. It's not that it's up and running again. It's been running continuously, but we just really are uh, advocating with the beginning of school and and with uh, people transitioning back from holidays and vacation. We really wanted to advocate for people to get tested before school, before uh, coming back from vacation. So we have our COVID uh, team facility is in Alamo, and we have testing available there. Uh, at Alamon, it's actually molecular PCR testing, which is um, it's better than the than the home tests, and it's almost at the level of a PCR test. And it can be answered in about twenty minutes. Yeah, that's pretty good. Uh, so we, <laughs> yeah, we have that. We've had that available for the last year, year and a half. Okay. But you know, with this time of year, there's so many people are moving around, school, teachers, uh, uh, you know, all, all the sporting and and, uh, and fine art events going, on, all these rehearsals and all these practices. You know, we really wanted to make sure that everyone had an opportunity who wanted to get tested can get tested. And please swing by; it doesn't take long. They could call our that, that number we have on our poster, and we'll be happy to to schedule a test. And it's, it's actually drive through real quick, it's pretty okay. quick and easy. Uh, but the reality is, is that COVID is not gone. Said you know, COVID is still here. We still have about 120 people in the hospital uh, at any given time. Uh, we're averaging about four to five deaths a week. So it is not gone away. This is still very prevalent in our community, and it is impacting many people to this day. So, uh, I mean, I don't want people to feel that this is over with. I know that uh, we just got to be precaution and follow our precautions and be be uh, be a little aware that that it's out there. Now, the reality is, vaccines are effective. Natural immunity. I mean, we've had natural immunity for two years, two and a half years. That's effective. But not everyone's body is the same. Uh, we've assessed people where they have been fully vaccinated, and then you check tighter levels to see how effective the vaccine is, and their immune system is not is not there. There is no protection. So there are about 7% of the population that, for some reason, uh, fully vaccinated, exposed to natural uh, virus, they, they don't have protection. It's just... Uh, a thing of nature yeah. for them that they don't you, they cannot produce the, the the protection you mentioned school and, and i'm drawing from requirements at school districts now and, and also in line with the now relaxed cdc requirements when it comes to uh, you know staying home or not anymore they can go to school and put masks on i suppose but they will require uh, at school that you show proof that you have your positive and negative so i'm guessing this alamo site will be able to provide that. But, as you said, oh, yeah. you you do need to make an appointment. How quickly can you be seen? If it, Like you call today, can you be seen tomorrow? Or have, do you have any idea? Well, it just depends. It depends on how many appointments we have. Okay, yeah. so, I mean, we can handle a lot of people, but it's not like hundreds and hundreds of people. We can't handle that in a, in a, in a one-day period. Uh, it's a little bit more comprehensive than just a regular at-home test. But because the it takes longer to get a result, a little bit longer to get a result, a few minutes longer to get a result, and we'll call you back with the results. Uh, you don't have to wait for it. We'll we give you a call and give you that result. I think the main thing is that going back to your question about school, there is no mandates for masks in Texas. 
There is no mandates. There is no mandates of any local school district here in Milano County mandating masks at all. Uh, so that's, you know, that's, that's the current situation. We still encourage everyone to wash our hands frequently, to be vaccinated. We encourage everyone to follow precautions the best you can, and, and, and we go forward. You know, uh, we have flu season that's coming up. Our flu vaccine is coming out. Uh, we're going to receive it right after Labor Day here at the health department. We uh, we expect this to be a busier flu season just because we're not using the same precautions for COVID. I mean, the same precautions for COVID as we yeah, use for flu. Yeah, so this year, since uh, yeah. since their precautions are not going to be at the same level, we're expecting a, a little bit of heavier flu year this coming year. But, you, you know, go. the flu vaccine is an annual vaccine that's available. And in the future, the goal is to, to combine the COVID-19 hmm. vaccine along with a regular flu vaccine. That's the goal for the future. Eddie Olivares, or Hidalgo County Health Office Director. Yeah, Eddie, Tim Sullivan here. So you mentioned a moment ago, you know, the virus is still spreading. The pandemic is not yes. over. That's clear. Um, are you of the mindset uh, then also of the, the county's health authority, your colleague, who says that the CDC's easing of coronavirus guidelines could, you know, kind of lull us into a false sense of security, as he put it? Uh, you know what? I agree with Dr. Melendez, but at the same time, we need to look at societal uh, behavior. And, and the reality is, yeah, that, that may be true, that lull of, of, of security may be put in place, but that's already happening naturally. People are COVID fatigued beyond belief. Yeah. Uh, people have already come to terms with, with uh, COVID. And, and uh, it's sad, but the reality is, is that uh, we still have a lot of people in the hospital and, and a lot of people that, uh, unfortunately, not a lot, but some people that are still dying from it. But I guess this is going to be the trend from now on. I mean, that's the sad part, Tim, but it's Mother Nature. This is a great example of how powerful Mother Nature is. No matter how good our technology is, no matter how smart our greatest scientists are, Mother Nature, in its natural form, is going to produce illnesses that uh, adapt and, and are able to do what they do best. They procreate, feed, and in some cases, even kill. Monkeypox. Um, no cases in yeah. Hidalgo County, one in Cameron County, but vaccinations now being administered in, in Hidalgo yeah. County. Oh yeah, Hidalgo County started vaccinating yesterday, uh, and but we I want to make this real clear: the number of vaccines we have is extremely limited. Uh, I, we have enough to fully vaccinate like 1,200 people. That's it. We have no more vaccine, and we're not expecting any more vaccine till after November. Maybe they have not guaranteed us. Uh, any more shipment of vaccine. So we're looking at this as a preventative effort. We've partnered with Westbrook, Hidalgo County, Cameron County, and Region 11 Department of State Health Services. We've all partnered with Westbrook uh, Clinics in Harlingen and McAllen, uh, who was, who was, was Valley AIDS Clinic, who have the highest risk population uh, to, to, or the highest risk of of uh, of exposure to this type of illness that we've partnered with them and they are a tremendous partner 
and, and assisting us to vaccinate uh, uh, as many as many high risk uh, residents in our community as possible. We at Hidalgo County Health have identified. We actually go through our records. We keep very good records on our clients, and we've gone through uh, our list of clients that are regulars in our offices, and we've contacted the ones that meet the most high risk. Uh, categories and according to the CDC and contacted them and offered them the vaccine. Uh, we are taking some calls from the public in general, but this vaccine is not for the public. Mm-hmm. This is not a public vaccination program because we do not have enough vaccine to do that. So we're targeting the highest risk individuals for the vaccine as a preventative measure. Eddie, thank you for the update. Eddie Olivares, Hidalgo County Health Office Director. This is the only radio station in the Rio Grande Valley for the news and information you need to know. We are News Talk 710K URV. Discover our Facebook page, 710K URV, also Twitter. I'm Sergio Sanchez, and my email is Sergio at KURV.com. Thank you for listening to News Talk 710K URV. As long as you're scrolling through your phone, checking out your friend's latest Instagram post, take a moment to download the Radio Para Mi app. Take the app with you wherever you are and whatever you're doing. Stay updated with top and bottom of the hour news and the latest weather forecast. Plus, you can listen live to local talk shows, nationally syndicated programs, and listen to previous interviews you might have missed, all in crystal clear digital audio. It's called the Radio Potomy app. Find it in your Google Play or Apple App Store from your friends at News Talk 710 KURV.